it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. Thank you, Father, that your word has the power to change our lives. And I step back now so the Spirit of God can use me to articulate what's on your heart today for your people. And I pray that we will all focus and that the Spirit of God will speak to areas of our lives that nobody else knows about but you. And I thank you that when we leave today, we will leave uplifted. We will leave encouraged. We will leave inspired. We will leave instructed so that, Lord, we can have the abundant life that Jesus died for us to have. And so I declare for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow the word today. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus I pray. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you this morning. If you have not noticed, the theme for our Christmas production this year is called The Journey. Everybody say The Journey. And so today's message is actually related to our theme. And so as I was praying uh, about the message, it's on my heart to share. And so if you're taking notes, the message today is called Divine Delays and Detours. Divine Delays and Detours. Many times as believers... We experience delays and detours that somewhat seems to keep us back from what God has promised. But I believe that there are times that these delays and these detours are divine. Say divine. They're divine, meaning that they have been orchestrated by God. They may be unfamiliar to us, but they have been orchestrated by God. They have spiritual purpose, listen, even though it may look like in the natural is delays. So I have three points today and then I, I want to share a couple of things with you that I know will be a blessing to you. So here's point number one if you're taking notes and that is God's detours always has a divine destination. I'm going to say that again. God's detours. Everybody say God's detours. God's detours always have a divine destination. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take this principle out of the story, the Christmas story, uh, found in Matthew chapter 2. And this is when uh, Jesus and Mary and Joseph was journeying throughout uh, the areas. And I'm going to point out to you that they had to make some detours they had to make some stops and and if you look at it it'll look like the stops were unnecessary but what i'm going to show you today and hopefully is encourage you to embrace some of the delays and detours that you may be facing right now amen matthew chapter 2 verse 1 it says jesus was born where church where was he born He was born in Bethlehem. That is very important because in a few minutes I'm going to put up a map just to give you an idea 
of what, what was happening. So Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the east land arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it arose, and we have come to worship him. Verse 3, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone else in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law, and he asked them, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among, are not least among the ruling cities who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Now listen, what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump back and read another section, but I just want you to see that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Everybody say Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Now let me just point this out to you without going through the whole story, but Bethlehem is where the wise men found Jesus and they found him in the house, okay? The shepherds, the ones that were abiding by the field, if you go back and read the story, the shepherds found Mary, Joseph, and the baby lying in the manger, okay? So that means Jesus was just born. He was an infant. He had just been born when the shepherds saw him. But by the time the wise men found Jesus, he was actually in the house. Everybody say in the house. See, some people don't think Jesus had a house. He did have a house. And so if you read it, that's where the wise men found him. And as a matter of fact, it took them almost two years to find Jesus. And that's why when you read it, it says that they found the young child. It didn't say infant or baby. Because in, in one of, uh, when the shepherds found him, it said that they found Mary, Joseph, and the baby lying in the manger. Well, in this case, the wise men found him in the house. So let me just point that out. So let's go to Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. It says, And after this interview with, the king, with King Herod, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. Notice it says child and not baby. Big difference. So now it says, verse 10, And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house. Where did they go? They entered the house and they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, so now we have a situation where Jesus was in Bethlehem. The wise men, they visited him. So now something's about to happen. Everybody say divine relocation. Something's about to happen. God is about to redirect them from one place to another place. So watch this now. It says in Matthew chapter 2 verse 13, After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. He says, Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, Stay there until I, until I tell you to return. Why? Because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. And so that night, everybody say that night. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. And this fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I call my son out of Egypt. Now, I want to do this to give you perspective on what those instructions look like. So could you all put the map on the screen for me? Put the map on the screen. 
uh, this map, I'm not sure how it's going to look. Oh, it turned out well. Okay, so I want you to notice now, Jesus was in Bethlehem. So do you see what Bethlehem is right there? All right, so that's where they were. And then God speaks to him through an angel and tells him to go where? To Egypt. So look how far. Now, it may not look far on the map, but if you do this on foot and on a donkey, that's a long way. I mean, some of us, we, we get tired of riding in the car. Can you imagine galloping on a donkey? So they went from, they went from Bethlehem all the way here to Egypt. Everybody say, that's the divine, the divine delay right there. That's the divine delay. All right. So let's now look in Matthew chapter 2, verse 19. It says, when Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. He says, get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and he returned. Everybody say return. He returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. Now let me just say this before we continue to read. Since we don't have uh, what I call God perspective, there are times where God may ask you to do something and you don't understand on the front end where he's trying to take you on the back end. Because if you look at it, Joseph could say, well, wait a minute, we were just up there. Why are you telling us to go to Egypt? I mean, why couldn't you have just told us to go across town? But see, sometimes when God is moving us, he don't give us a reason. Now, in this situation, he gave Joseph a reason. He said, listen, there's somebody trying to kill Jesus, so I need you to move him. But there are going to be times where God gives you instructions, and he doesn't give you the why on the front end. Amen. Amen. But Jesus' life depended on this. And so in verse 21, it says, so Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus, his mother, and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. And then, after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family, everybody say the family. The family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So can I just point something out here? Uh, if you notice, it says in verse 21, Joseph got up and returned to the land. And then it says, but when he learned about uh, who this new ruler was, and then it says, then after being one in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. I want you to notice that only one person had the dream. It was Joseph. Can you imagine this woman, Mary, has she not trusted this man's relationship with God? She'd have been like, I don't, I'm tired, Joseph. Okay, let's put that into 2022, right? I'm tired, Joseph. This donkey you got, we need an upgrade. Okay? It's cold or hot. It's sandy. I'm tired. No, no. And here's what's interesting. Only one person can lead the family. I'm not saying that input in you know, from the wife or other people in the family cannot be received. I'm not saying that. But if you have two heads in a family, that's called division. Amen. If you can't trust that man of God to lead you, why'd you marry him? 
Okay. Uh, let's go back to Bethlehem. Yeah. <laughs> so the family went and lived in a town called what? Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophet had said. He will be called the Nazarene. Everybody say God's detours always have a divine destination. Now, although these different moves that Joseph and his family had to make, I'm pretty sure they were inconvenient. But they landed Jesus, Joseph, and Mary to God's divine destination. So here's a take-home statement that I want you to write down. Here's a take-home statement. Your steps are being ordered even when the path seems inconvenient. I'm going to say that again. Your steps are being ordered even when the path seems inconvenient. Psalm 37, 23 says this. The steps of a good man. Notice it says steps. Okay. Because you can't just take one step and say, okay, God, what's next? So now the steps. Sometimes you just got to keep stepping like Martin said. You got to keep stepping. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Though he fall, who is he? The good man. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down for the Lord upholds with his, with his hand. I love the living Bible of Psalm 37, 23. It says this, the steps of good men are directed by the Lord. He delights in each step that they take. Watch this. If they fall, it isn't fatal. For the Lord holds them with his hand. When you are trying to follow God, you may fall, but you will not fail. I'm going to say that again. See, when your heart is right, God is obligated to make sure you are clear on his direction. And then if for some reason you think you're clear on the direction and you step out on whatever it was, if it was not God, that's why it says, though you fall, you will not fail. In other words, sometimes I, I would rather see a Christian move out on something they believe God said than for them to sit still and do nothing. Amen. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down. The... Uh, the Proverbs chapter 24 verse 16 says this, For a just man falls, how many times? Seven times and rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Wow, seven times. See, here's what makes having a relationship with God amazing. Because even if you fall, the key to falling is not staying, but getting back up. Say amen to that. See, God can take whatever mess you have made and turn it into a blessing if you let him. Amen. And God's way is not always easy, but it, it is always worth it. So here's point number two as we go into this. Point number two, God will use delays to work out his will. God will use delays to work out his will. Delays are, listen, delays are nothing but circumstances wrapped around the need for patience to be exercised so that your faith has time to fully develop. I'm going to say that again. I know that was a mouthful. I want you to get this now. Delays. Everybody say delays. How many have experienced delays in your life before? Uh, yeah. And you know what? There are times when I was experiencing delays. I'm going to give you one of the stories in just a minute. And man, I tell you what, the delay did not feel like God was in it at all. Delays are nothing but circumstances 
wrapped around the need for patience to be exercised so that your faith has time to fully develop. James chapter 1 verse 3 says this, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works or develops patience, but let, let patience have her perfect work, watch this, that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. The Amplified says this, be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith brings out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people that are perfectly and fully developed with no defects lacking nothing. Man, did you hear what that's saying? See, if patience doesn't become your friend, time is going to be your enemy. See, you have to know that God will take whatever's going on and he will work it out for your good. But see, most of us, we don't have the right perspective and that's why patience become an enemy or time becomes the enemy because in our minds, we're thinking this should be done already. Amen. I'm going to read a story now. This is from one of our members uh, in the UK. I want you all to hear this. It says, Dear Pastor, how are you? Just wanted to share my testimony. In the UK, a new law came out regarding old cars called low emissions. If your car was a certain year, it had to go, and I had an old car. So on uh, the 7th of October, I applied for a new car. My credit wasn't so good, but I just went for it. When I applied, they asked for certain details, and I provided it for them and waited for them to get back with me. While I was waiting, I would meet up with my true group on Fridays via Zoom. Now, how many know that's a blessing right there? To be in a true group via Zoom. See, some of y'all don't even have to Zoom. You can just Zoom right around the corner. You won't even do that. <laughs> I would meet up with my true group on Fridays via Zoom, asking them to pray with me for favor for the car, asking them to stand and pray with me so I, you know, to get the car. So October 27th, you did a midday prayer on Facebook Live, and at the end of the prayer time, I remember this too, you said, whoever is looking for a car, go and get it. Go apply for it. Go look for it. Just go and get the car you want. Kim, one of the people in their, 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 their group, texted me and asked if I saw midday prayer. And Pastor, you was talking to me. <laughs> I also got a message from Sandra that day saying, go get your car. So this, this young lady had a support system. See, this is why when you have people who are like precious faith, it's okay to share with them what you're believing God for because they're going to push you in the direction of trusting and believing God. See, some of you, you don't have the right to count the people in your life. You tell them your dreams and they kill it. By the time you get done, it's a nightmare. It's not a dream no more. So it says the time went past and I was having problems with the car dealer. They were saying that they never saw my emails and they were saying that the deal, that, you know, some things changed. And long story short, she said, I started getting doubtful and it was getting me down. And then Stephanie, her true group leader, would call her on Wednesdays and say, hey, keep going. What's going on with the car? Don't give up. 
Four weeks ago, you started a series called Harvest Time is here. And point number five, you said, say it, say it, say it. And you will see it, see it, see it. <laughs> and so I started saying the, the Harvest Confession daily. That week went and I met up with my True Group family and said that, you know, said the Harvest Confession. New cars are here. And so weeks went by. So here's it. This is the last, end of it. So finally, they got a call from the sales representative, which had changed. And she started praying for the salesperson. And then it says over the weekend, Darren, who was a salesperson, was on the phone sorting out things and was looking for our car, my car. On Monday, the 6th of December, I got a phone call to say, we've sorted it out. We will send you over the paperwork. And so here it was this past Thursday. It was, let's see here, what's the date on here? Uh, Thursday, December the 9th is when she received her new car after two months. <laughs> Amen. Now, you say, now watch what she says here. I love this. She says, I'm so grateful and happy. It has taken two months to get a new car, which should have taken four days. But it all has worked out for my good. Now, see, here's the thing. You can either let patience work for you or time work against you. See, I'm talking to some single people who want to get married. Don't raise your hand. I ain't going to ask you. You've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Well, you know, that's good that you're waiting. But my question to you is, are you waiting or are you having patience? Because when you're waiting, it always has time connected. When you have patience, all you're waiting for is God to do something. Say amen to that. The Amplified Version of James chapter 1 verse 3 says this. Be assured and understand that the trial and the proving of your faith brings out endurance and steadfastness and patience. It says, but let patience and endurance and have their full play and do a thorough work. I'm saying this for a reason, so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking nothing. When we were building this building and it was time to pick out the windows, uh, for some reason, I did not completely understand the difference between, I understood the physical difference between the window choices that we had, but I didn't understand the full difference in price. And for some reason, with my eyes closed, if you put two items in front of me, I can pick the most expensive one without even looking. So the windows that we have are the ones that I like. I was like, ooh, this, I mean, they were smooth in the, in the outside. So I was like, that's what the ones we want right there. But I didn't know how much they cost, though. So I didn't know that until it was time to pay the people. So that's when we were in the dispute with the bank. And so this first loan had dried up. You know, the money was gone. And the second loan money was sitting over there. But they was waiting on us to sign this paperwork. And my attorney was like, don't sign it right now. And my pastor said, don't sign it right now. And my business head would say, don't sign it right now. So, you know, so I'm not signing the paper for the money to come through. And so in the meantime, we was having to pay cash for everything. And we're talking about construction. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know. So we started writing the check. And let me just tell you something. Let me tell you something you may not have known. Let me give you some wisdom. If you start writing checks and stop having money put in the account, eventually you ain't going to have no money in it. <laughs> How many have experienced that before? Yeah. So, you know, 
so the amount of money that we were writing the checks for was not coming in. So, but I'm writing the check because, you know, the, the, the bank wanted us to stop building. But see, that's not what God did. God didn't tell the bank to tell me to build. God told me to build. So the bank can't tell me when to stop. Amen. So we kept going. Long story short, it's time to now pay the wind to people. And it was like uh, $187,000. I came to a meeting and uh, I was meeting with the construction manager. He says, Pastor Evan, the window lady just called me. It was a lady that owned the business. She just called me and she said, if you don't pay her her money today, she's going to sue you and put a lien on the church. I said, what? I said, call her. Let me see if I can meet with her. Now, I don't know what I'm going to say, but I talk for a living. So I said, can you, can you get a meeting with me? So he called her, set up a meeting the next day. So I go in there. And so on my way there, I, I'm, I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to tell this lady. I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to show her the paperwork. And then after I show her the paperwork, maybe she'll understand what's happening. So I, I got my mind made up. That's what I'm going to do. I have a copy of the paperwork. Before I get out of the car, the Spirit of God speaks to me. Everybody say delays will work in your favor. So here it is. Uh, you know, the, the, the windows, uh, ladies asking for her money. I didn't have the money. So uh, he told me to use a story that my pastor had always told. This is why y'all need to listen to my stories over and over. You never know when God may make it your story. So he had told me, the Lord said, use your pastor's story on this lady. I was like, okay. And I knew what story he was talking about. So I get in there and, and we sit there and she was like, uh, uh, she was like, hey, we're a small company and you're messing up our payroll. And I said, I understand. I, I'm a small business owner. Uh, you know, I've had businesses and, and I understand business because, you know, and so she was like, well, what do you want to do, preacher? <laughs> and so that's when the Lord told me to tell the story. So I told the story. I said, uh, you know, my, my pastor's story was about a used car and, uh, he couldn't get the car. His credit wasn't good. He went into this credit union, I mean, this, this dealership, and the bank had told him he could borrow some money, but the, not the whole amount to buy the car. And so he went into the, 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 the dealership and told the guy, hey, you know what, if you'll let me take this car home, I'll bring you back the rest of the money in, in a couple of days. And the guy was like, we don't do business like that. And so he, he stuck his hand out to the, to the, to the sales manager and said, uh, my banker has entrusted me to pay off this car in 36 months. I need you to trust me for three days to bring you back your money. And he stuck his hand out there to shake the man's hand. And the man was hesitant, but he shook his hand and said, okay, preacher, you got a deal. He said, get that preacher's car ready. And so he took the car to church. Everybody praised it. So he ended up getting the money for insurance and the down payment and all that kind of stuff. So, so I'm in there. And she says, what do you want to do, preacher? And I said, well, I said, listen. Thousands of investors have entrusted me to pay them back $7.5 million in uh, how many years it was? Uh, I, I forget, oh, 25 years. And I said, I need you to trust me for six days for your you know, $187,000. And I stuck my hand out there so she could shake it. She shook my hand. And I said, if I ain't got your money, now some bold came on me. 
Something bold came on me. I was like, if I don't have your money in six days, you can do whatever you need to do to get your money. And then I walked out of there like I was George Jefferson. <laughs> right? I mean, I was bold. And then I got in the car. I was like, Lord, where are we going to get this money from? But listen, divine delays will allow you to see the supernatural if you, uh, uh, if you stay in faith for it. See, look, when Lazarus had died, they said to Jesus, Jesus, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. It's been four days now. He said, now he stinks. See, one of the laws said, you know, uh, in, the, in the Jewish customs that, you know, after three days, somebody could be raised from the dead. It wasn't really necessary to consider the miracle, you know, three days. But after three days, you know, the body starts decomposing, that kind of thing. So when they said that to Jesus, Jesus, watch this now, he allowed the supernatural to happen even though it looked like it was a delay. So long story short, one day, that was Friday, Saturday go by, Sunday go by, Monday go by, Tuesday go by, Wednesday go by. And so I'm on my way to the church to have a meeting with the, main, with the, main, the manager who told me that the lady said she was going to sue me. So I'm on my way. I'm coming down Collins right here, right, from uh, what is that? Debbie Lane. And when you get to around that special school, you can see the church if you start paying attention so I started seeing the construction of the church and I started I was praying I'm like Lord what in the world am I going to tell this construction manager because I ain't got the money because what what do you think he going to ask me he going to ask me for the money so right when I get to that elementary school my phone rings and it's somebody from Gateway Church who basically long story short Pastor Robert wired us $200,000 to pay that off, just like that. They called me saying, we know you're having a construction project. Pastor Robert wants to bless you. How many know that divine delay turned into supernatural? So God does things in his season and for a reason. Everybody say, God does things in his season for a reason. Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 says, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. The, uh, another version says this, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy, to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36 says this, For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. If you notice that you can do the will of God and things still not be fixed yet, notice it says you have need of patience. After you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draws back, my soul shall not have pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back unto perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Here's point number three. Delays should make you stronger, not weaker. So I'm going to give you another story real quick. So when we bought the land for this facility, the front part of this land is we bought it first. It was 20 acres. We bought it. We wanted to, I wanted to make sure we were right off the highway. But this land that we're sitting on now, along with the eight acres next door, was all on sale 
14 acres and I didn't want to buy the whole 14 because eight of it is no good. So I just wanted this six right here, right? And for some reason, the family would not sell me or us. Y'all know what I'm saying, right? Us, this six acres. And I, I mean, I tried everything. I talked for a living. I tried everything. It didn't work. So uh, I'll never forget we had our uh, groundbreaking ceremony and uh, we had poured some oil on the land and I was tempted to pour some oil on this land and just say, I'll take this in Jesus' name from them. But I didn't do that. Wrong spirit. Right idea, wrong spirit. I didn't do it. So anyway, a couple of years go by. The broker who sold us the front land called me and said, Pastor Connor, that land that you were looking at, that six acres, he said, there's another pastor that's buying that land. I said, what? So then the first thing came to my mind is, what did he say that I didn't say? I said, do you have his number? He says, yes. I said, will you give it to me? I want to call him. Because he must not know that we own the frontage to this property. So I called this pastor up. He don't know. I said, hey, pastor so-and-so, this is Pastor Connor of Word of Truth Family Church. He says, I know who you are. I was thinking, this is not going to go good. I said, yeah, you know, we own the frontage to the land that you're looking at. I heard you're looking at buying that, the, the six acres in the back of that. He says, yes, it looks like we're going to be neighbors. I was like, the devil is a lie. And I just wanted to give him a piece of my mind. But I knew at that point I needed all of my mind. So I didn't say nothing. But I told the Lord, I said, listen, because the Lord told me this was our land. I said, Lord, you told me this was our land. Everybody say, divine delays can cause the supernatural to come. So I just let it alone. A couple of years go by. I get a phone call from the same broker, Pastor Connor. I was like, yeah. He said, you know that land you was looking at that other church bought? I was like, yeah. He says, the family that owns that land wants to know, are you still interested in it? I'm thinking, well, how can I be, I mean, what happened? He said, well, the church hadn't paid the note in like eight months, and they want to know if you want to buy it. How many know I said yes? Watch this, though. So now I asked the Lord, how, do you, how much you want us to pay for this land? And the Lord gave me a very specific number. He hardly ever does that. But in this situation, he told me, I want you to, uh, to pay. Uh, I believe at the time it was uh, $137,000. I think that's what it was. I can't remember. But, but whatever it was, it was a specific number, right? So I was like, okay. And the number was 150000 below the price they was asking. I didn't even want to tell them the number. I was embarrassed. So the guy called me. He said, Pastor Connor, uh, what do you want to do about the land? I said, well, I'm praying about it. Uh, get back with me on Tuesday. The Lord told me that number. Tuesday called. He calls me. I let it go in the voicemail. I wasn't ready to talk to him. So finally, I, I was like, I'm going to have to tell him. So I told him. He was like, Pastor Connor, that's such a low price. He says, it's a good price where it is. I said, you're right. So, long story, I told everybody on the phone, we had a conference call. I said, listen, we all Christians. The only way we're going to make this work is if we all have to obey God. And so, I told them the price. And they said, well, if, if, if the Lord told you that price, I'm telling you how they talking. If the Lord told you that price, then you got to give us cash. I wasn't ready for that. 
The Lord done got me in trouble now. I say, run that by me again. If the Lord told you that number, you, you need to pay us cash because I wanted them to, re, to finance. We were going to put 10% down or whatever, and we was going to just pay notes on it. So I hung up the phone, and I said, Lord, what are we going to do? He said, write the check. We had the money, but I had never written a check that big in my life. How many know it take a long time to say that kind of money? But here it is now. It, look, if you're, I'm talking to somebody. If you're not willing to invest in your dream, why should others? So I wrote the check. But here's my point about the divine delay. God let that other church buy this land, hold on to it long enough till we got the cash to be able to buy cash. Before then, we didn't have the cash. Delays should make you stronger, not weaker. Isaiah 40, we're closing with this. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says this. But they that wait upon the Lord, not on the bank, not on your best friend, not on your mama, not on your job, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Here's a message translation. But those who wait upon God get refreshed or get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. The only reason we get tired of waiting is because we're waiting in the flesh instead of waiting in faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by what? And not by sight. So I discovered through these delays and these detours that God has a destination in mind. What you and I have to do is that we have to stand in faith and we have to be steady in that. And the, listen, if you get tired, it's because you now you, you move from waiting in faith or standing in faith to waiting in the flesh. And that's why it says be not weary and well-doing because due season's going to come if, if, if we don't faint. So guess what? That means now I have to make sure that when I'm experiencing these delays or these detours, that my faith is intact. And this is where most believers' faith starts getting wane and weak because we let time deteriorate our faith. But see, it says, let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire. In other words, my faith should get stronger through time, not weaker. The only reason our, our faith gets weaker when time goes by, it's because we do like Peter did. He started looking at the waves and the wind. He, the Bible says he walked on the water. He walked on the water, but when he saw the waves and the wind and the sea, it says when he looked at that, he beginning to sink. Okay, so let's analyze that. You mean to tell me that without the wind and without the waves and without the water rowing, that he should still be able to walk on water? No, walking on water was a miracle whether the waves were roaring or not. So watch this. He was doing something supernatural, but it stopped when he got his eyes off of faith and he got his eyes on what was going on in the natural. And the only reason we get tired and weary and well-doing is because we get our eyes off of the prize and we start looking at how long it's taken. We're looking at what's not happening. And there are some people listening to me today and there are some people watching me that you are experiencing some divine delays and you don't know it's God, but it is. He's working some things out in the background and you don't know. 
See, God's like software. See, there, there's this software that I have on my phone, and it's working on my phone even when I don't see it. It's working in the background. It's Listen, there's some things going on, and I'm not, I'm not aware of it, but when I need it and I pull it up, it's current. Well, see, God's working some things out in the background, and if you rush God, you will prematurely bless yourself. And there are some people today, you're saying, how long, Lord? You're waiting. You might be waiting on that new opportunity. You may be waiting on that job. You may be waiting on that, on that, on that spouse, on that boyfriend, that girlfriend, whatever. You may be waiting, but you started getting weary. And I'm telling you, as a divine inspired um, messenger today, God is saying, I hear you. I see you. I know you're waiting but I need you to stop waiting on the situation to get fixed. I need you to start waiting on me. Amen. So there are five things that you can see happen. I've talked this over and over and over again. You need to get it in your spirit. There are five things that you can expect when you're standing and walking by faith. In other words, I call these the forerunners of faith. This is how you can know if your faith is in work or is at work. Number one, when you're in faith, God will always give you a plan of action. He'll always give you one. He'll always give you a plan of action. This is when God will give you a plan on what to do. This is throughout the Bible. God gave uh, Joshua a plan for Jericho. There's a plan. So he'll give you a plan of action. Number two, just like he gave me when I was meeting with the window lady, he gave me a plan of action. Here's number two. When your faith is at work, you should receive wisdom from God. That's natural and supernatural insight and instructions on what to do about my situation. So just wait. You're waiting on a plan. You're waiting on wisdom. Here's number three. You're waiting on the favor from God. This is when God will lay on the hearts of others to use their power, their influence, their ability, and their resources to help you. And, and see, listen, I tell people all the time, follow the favor. Follow the favor. So when you're waiting in faith, you're waiting for wisdom. You're waiting on a plan of action. You're waiting on favor. Here's number four. You're waiting on a miracle because sometimes that's what it's going to take. This is supernatural power that overrides the norm. It overrides the natural laws. This is what happened when God fed uh, the man of God. The ravens came and brought him food and, and brought him flesh. That's what supernatural provision looks like. And then number four or number five, while you're waiting, you wait for strength to endure until your change comes. So I'm closing here. So when you go and read the account of Jesus being born, Elizabeth, who was Mary's cousin, got pregnant before she did. Her husband, Zechariah, was serving in the temple. And the Bible says he was serving. He saw this angel. The angel came to him and said, hey, you're going to have a son and your wife is going to have a, a baby at her old age. And, and, and Zechariah said to the angel, well, how can this be? I'm old. And the Bible says... Gabriel said this, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And he told me to give you this message. And because you don't believe, he is now going to, you will be dumb from this point on. In other words, he shut his mouth. So watch this. He shut his mouth from the day he was told about having a kid till the baby was actually born. And it was time to announce the name. Watch this. God shut him up for nine months. 
that tells me how powerful my words are. They're going to they're gonna either cause my miracle to be delayed or they're going to cause my miracle to be accelerated. It's up to you. And some of us, this thing here has been messing us up. Because you, you wait, girl, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of waiting. I know the Lord. He, I, I'm tired of waiting on the Lord. You tired of waiting on the Lord? And then you find other people who are tired of waiting on the Lord, and y'all start a club. It's called We Tired of Waiting on the Lord Club on Facebook. Y'all all give your test. Girl, I've been waiting. Man, I've been waiting. Girl, I've been waiting. Man, I've been waiting. And see, no, no, no. No, 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 no. You need to be like Zachariah and just shut up. Just keep it out. Listen, because if, listen. If his words, being negative, could have still caused the, the, the miracle to happen, God wouldn't have shut him up. So your mouth is helping your miracle or it's hurting your miracle. I wonder who in this room God's trying to look at your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you right now. Look at your other neighbor and say, your mouth do look kind of big. So with, with, with every head bowed, there's some people, there's some people, there's some people watching me. You are experiencing a delay, a detour. It's not working out like you thought it would. And God sent me to pray for you today. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do something really different. If you're here in the room and you've been experiencing a delay on something, you're waiting on God to do something. It just seems like it's just taking forever. And you know I'm talking to you this morning. I want you to stand up. I'm not going to do nothing else but just have you to stand up because I'm going to get in agreement with you. Stand up right there at your seat. If you're waiting on God to do something, I want you to just hold your hands up just like this. And I want this to represent, if you're at home, I want you to do what I'm telling you. There are many people standing up in the sanctuary here. But I want you at home, right where you are, to stand up. If you know I'm talking to you, I want you to stand right there in your home. And lifting your hands is nothing but a sign of surrender. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word. I thank you that I've done and said what I believe you wanted me to say. And you wanted me to get in agreement and pray for those who are experiencing delays and detours right now. So, Father, right now, first off, I ask that you will strengthen them with might by your spirit and their inner mans. That, God, where the enemy is trying to talk them out of this being God, it's not, Father, he's, he's messing with their minds. And I pray in Jesus' name for the enemy to be stopped. That he will shut up in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray that the strength, you said we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. And so, Lord, I just declare strength into them. Strength spiritually, strength mentally, strength emotionally, strength in every way. I thank you for their strength. And I thank you for them changing their perspective that this is a divine delay and that, God, you know exactly what's going on. And, Father, you're going to bring it to pass in their lives. And I come in agreement with them now that, Father, even before the end of the year, they're going to see manifestation of what they're standing in, in, in prayer for. They're going to see manifestation, Father, of what they're in agreement with. I stand in agreement with them now. And I thank you for testimonies coming in like a flood. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
You may be seated. If you die today, here's my question.